<clears throat> All right. <laughs> I need some time. Okay, cheers. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why are we shy? We're shy for hours. All right. Three, two, one. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode, the season finale of season three. Welcome back, you guys, you guys. I saved a good-ass topic with a good-ass guest for last. And I'm excited. We're a little shy, we're a little nervous, but we got some liquid courage. Um, so this guest, you guys, <laughs> we she's very special near and dear to my heart um i've been knowing her since she was a baby and she is now a little <laughs> young woman she is a prima from my mom's side um so seeing her like little you know like just seeing her develop into a young woman that she is is very like like it pulls my little heartstrings. It's like a cute little moment, you know. Like it's crazy. Like you guys were the last set of babies in our family, and you guys are all like legit adults and adulting. So, <laughs> but I wanted you guys to really hear her story out, which is why um, duh, like she's here with us right now. But I'm gonna let her introduce herself as she would like. So give a round of applause for our special guest, the last special guest of the season. Woo! <laughs> and then you could call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. I think I've been calling you Drea. Drea. Mm -hmm. Wait, okay, hold on. Are we doing cut? Like, are we, like, this is raw or like, are we cutting? <laughs> I'll cut the audio. I don't know about the video. Okay. That's doing too much, y'all. Yeah. All um, right. So, how do I introduce myself? Okay. What's popping, y'all? I'm Drea. What's popping, everybody? <laughs> My name is Drea. Lenny's, yeah, I'm, I wanted to say youngest prima, but I'm not your youngest prima. I'm not your baby's cousin. Oh, Olivia is the baby. Uh, technically, Harper. Maddie. Maddie. Maddie is the baby. EJ. EJ mm. is the baby. Yeah. <laughs> we went down. But from that generation, <laughs> from that gen, from our 2000s generation, we mm. are the babies. Um... Yeah, my name is Drea. Uh -huh. Um, I am certified makeup artist. Yeah, certified like lover girl. <laughs> certified free <laughs> seven days a week. Mm. Okay, so tell. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I do. I kind of have to for y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but <clears throat> who is who is Drea? This is your golden year, right? This is my golden year. I just turned, y'all, I turned 23 on the 23rd of January. 2023. In 2023. <laughs> so this wasn't, I'm a really big symbolic person. I'm a big believer in like, you know, things, just numerology and whatnot. So I'm like, mm -hmm. what better sign to give myself than this, that this is... Not that I haven't had any other years where it's like, you know, every year you're like, yeah, this is going to be my year. You already guys, you guys know how it is every year. But this one was very special to me. Not special, important. Like, mm -hmm. it is the word that I'm, I don't think that's the word. I think you know the word I'm trying to, like, but it's more like 
crucial, like significant. Like you're gonna remember for the like currently I'm still I like I'm on my way out, but like this past year, uh yeah, let's give a little reflection. Sorry y'all, but uh this past year this was this is my golden year. I'm on my way out. My birthday is this month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my birthday is this month, you guys. But backtracking back in March of 2022 when I turned 27 on the 27th. We were in Rosarito. I think it was episode three, if I'm not mistaken, of season one. So we were, you know, with with the K's and her boo, and I was with Jasmine. We were out there having fun. We were sweating because we were nervous crossing the border, but I pulled through. Um, and then I just did a lot. I did the podcast. Um, I got a new job. It was a whole bunch of shit that I did. I ended up falling in love right now. Like on my way out, I'm like. What? Like, I don't know. It's just, like, a lot of good things. A lot of, like, good things for myself. I really worked on myself, like, earlier last year. I got my routine done. It, I'm not going to lie. There was a lot of changes, which, um, it was a little, it was a little challenge to get the flow of things. Um, but I did. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Um, but things like kept changing like especially like towards the end of last year like in around like after our cousin Nat's birthday like hella shit changed I was like bombarded with all these changes in the most 360 yeah like legit like I was like you know we had like look yes summer I was I don't know about it. I pushed myself out to date like I did a lot this year I feel very accomplished I got a new job I got a new car I was like who is she you know I'm gonna find a new man too I find in so yeah, the golden. I don't know. It's something about the golden vibe. Something the golden about the golden years. year that. And our prima Nat, Nat also is. We celebrated her golden year. I think she's about. Is she closing hers off too, or she's in the middle of it? I think. Uh, well, hers just. <clears throat> she's probably like what halfway there. I think yeah, she's like September, in the middle of October, it. November, December, January, February, March. Yeah, she's legit like halfway there. Girl, enjoy it. So we're all in the middle of our golden yeah. years. So I'm like, very excited for you. What's in store for you? I know, like when you, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But I know there's been already some changes that are good. Yes. Yeah. Yes, a lot. And <clears throat> this one is so important for me and Lenny Knowles because it's been a. Uh, Turbulent, you could say. <laughs> it's been some turbulent. Turbulence. <laughs> it's been some chaotic last, like, what, two? I mean, personally, you know, internally, um, emotionally, family wise, um, just everything, like, my world these last three years has been, like, it has it, it's had its good and it's bad, but I definitely can say it's been the the biggest chunk of like a learning let like many learning lessons not just one uh -huh. a lot of learning lessons I think that I had to experience to kind of have under my tool belt for what mm -hmm. whatever else is coming next oh for sure what else is in store a lot of shit is coming next girl let me tell you that now I don't know what it is but there's a lot of shit coming you feel that in the air yeah <laughs> yeah I feel that too I feel like that <clears throat> But yeah, all right, so let's get started. So how far back do you remember our ch your childhood? Sorry, rewind. <laughs> so how far back do you remember your childhood? Do you remember like us growing up, um, the relationship with your parents? Like how far back does Drea remember her upbringing? So I do, hmm, sadly, like I have a little bit of a blur here and there with my 
between i don't know like my really like childhood ages like from five to like 11 maybe mm -hmm. but i think that's like all of us like we don't all entirely remember our childhood um mm -hmm. like in great detail yeah but i do rem as far back the furthest back i can remember i was like probably three or four years old i remember i had a really so i'm an only child of mm -hmm. um one of what, of what? what do you mean <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just an only I'm a single child, period. <laughs> um, I'm I'm the first born and only. <laughs> the, first and the first and the last born uh -huh. of my mom and dad. And mm -hmm. and I am the only I'm their only kid too. So I'm my mom's only child and I'm my dad's only child. Um so I feel like it's kind of it is Everybody think like hears that and think like okay you're spoiled you're this and that you're not wrong I am <laughs> I am like I have in a way mm -hmm. um but in other ways I'm not if that makes sense yeah. <laughs> like you're fortunate but then in other ways you have it in other ways I ha it, it's been like a really like a small price to pay for having <laughs> for being given like basically everything for being the only child if mm -hmm. that makes sense mm -hmm. um, it does yeah like. Um, I was just very sheltered and like, I guess, um, my upbringing was kind of like, yeah, like sheltered and I was like the little princess on my mom's side of the family. I am the youngest, um, like I am the baby mm -hmm. on my dad's. I'm not the baby, but with all my cousins that I grew up with. That we grew but up you with, were, like, Arlene. Yeah. Like, I grew up with Johnny, Lenny. which is, which is, which is, <laughs> no, sorry. No, I'm kidding. I don't care. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> Like, with Lenny, like, she's my, she's, like, my older cousin. Like, we, yeah. me and her younger brother, Johnny, are the same age, so we grew up. I have a lot of those, mem like, a lot of those core memories of us going to um, our road trips to Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, like, our family, like, when we had camping and things mm -hmm. like that. Like, we are very much, like, our family parties. Yeah, we got boring. Like, at your house <laughs> and our grounds, I think everything got boring once we kind of, like, grew up yeah which for you was like your teen years and for me it was like i was like around 12 11 12 ish mm -hmm. um and so yeah after that like our parties kind of went down but i remember like our parties yeah. at my grand our, our grandma's house and at your house mm -hmm. there was a bomb they were they were they were cracking um so do you remember like the relationship you had with your parents growing up yeah um it's been a roller coaster with a, both of them individually because i have a separate relationship with both of my like obviously mm -hmm. um but it's the dynamic i'm saying is even more different for me because they divorced when i was five years old um mm -hmm. and what i meant by like chaotic earlier was like that's what i meant like mm -hmm. that made my childhood a little bit chaotic because it was kind of like a it was like a messy divorce it was like one of those like you know, immature. what divorce is clean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What divorce is perfect? I mean, I don't know how to explain it. But it was, mm -hmm. like, it was kind of a little bit turbulent. It was very much, like, they could not see each other at all. Like, um, I was very much, I felt, like, responsible for being, like, the mediator throughout my childhood. Like, growing up um, when they were still living together. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, like, just, like, the arguments, like, the conflict. Um 
but oh back to your question about like how is my relationship with my parents like you meant growing up or like now because i feel um, like it's a lot different now than it was growing up no growing up only we'll get to the to now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm, i love my dad to death what well, my mom too but i love my dad. like i'm a daddy's girl for sure um, I remember watching cartoons with my dad. I think I get my humor. You and my did. Family Guy, The Simpsons. All my, oh my, my facial God. expressions, like how expressive I am. And like just like his little goofiness. I feel like I get that from him. Yeah. Um, That's so true. And on the flip side, I also get his anger, <laughs> man, anger issues. Thank you, dad. <laughs> and his temper issues. So, um, yeah. and then on my mom's end... She's a very much like a tough lady. She's very like poker face. Mm-hmm. She's a hard ass worker. She's a hustler. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she's just very like tough love, I guess. I think that's kind of um, we're opposites. Like we, me and my mom, I feel like. I mean, a lot of people say like, oh, you remind me like just like your mom and this and that, which I don't really think so. Mm-hmm. But um. I don't know. I would say from my mom, I think I inherited her just like resilient, her resilience. No, was it not recording? I forgot that the recording button. <laughs> really? So we were recording this? No, but I, re- <laughs> I have audio from here. It's okay. Oh, so we'll I'll just cut it. I'll just put this. It. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're we're we're good. Good. <laughs> no, you're like, going to notice the transition. <laughs> I'm like, why is it? light on you guys did you just sorry. notice right now i'm like because these lights are always on but i'm like wait something is missing i'm like this little poquito right here what's it on you guys i have just moving forward moving on uh, you were saying <laughs> um oh yeah wait so where did i leave off of um your mom so you guys are like yeah i think with my mom she's very much um um uh, she's very like tough yeah like she's a tough lady um and she's taught me a lot about just like you know not wearing your emotions i'm a very emotional person like very much like hard not to show like you i can't not show emotion on my face and things like that which is why like a lot of my friends and family members i admire so much who Mm -hmm. who are able to do that because that's something i'm currently i don't know if i want to say i'm working on it but definitely um i admire that Mm mm-hmm um but yeah she's helped me with that aspect you know like just being stronger emotionally speaking not letting your emotions get the best of you not letting them take control over you rather you control them and things like that yeah that's true i i have talked to her recently well around september when everything was going on and we me and her were kind of on the same page like worried about you and kind of like what you needed to work on to like get through that little challenge that you got through but um, <clears throat> moving on, so like you talked about the divorce. So did you ever talk to either of your parents like and find to find out or like figure out like what happened or why it was best for them to like choose to separate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So initially in the beginning, obviously, I think I was like five, six years old. Mm-hmm. I was like five years old. And um I didn't talk to my dad about it only because it was such a hard topic for him. It was a really touchy subject and I just didn't want to poke it. You know, I didn't mm-hmm. want to poke it, especially because, I mean, you know, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know how he would react or anything. So, but I mean, I obviously knew both of their, I, I was that little like filter that <laughs> would hear both sides, if, yeah. if that makes sense. Because she would rant about him, he would rant about her. So I would hear 
both sides and I would live both sides too yeah. in a way um but my yeah my mom's side of this my mom's take of it um it was just she says it like it was my dad's like anger issues that she couldn't handle that she had been handling like for years and things like that like his mm -hmm. like, temper and his explosion my dad it has the biggest mm -hmm. heart of life like he has a heart of gold mm -hmm. um but oh i want to make like a disclaimer little really quickly to our viewers not a disclaimer but i don't know how to call oh it. uh trigger warning yeah trigger warning yeah, yeah kind of thing because i'm gonna like talk about um i kind of want to talk well i'm going to i have to talk about i feel like the things that i lived through i didn't go through them for no reason so there's mm -hmm. a reason why we go through, like it's for a testimony it's because we have to get through it so that my hope is that if you tell your story and you can reach somebody and it'll help them not make that mistake or, or if they're going through something similar or have been through something similar yeah, yeah like it'll help them just like maneuver their way through it kind of yeah. yeah like for education purposes um yeah i would say um so yeah trigger warning i'm gonna bring up like domestic violence and things like that mm -hmm. um so yeah i witnessed i witnessed a lot of domestic violence when i was like between the age of three and well probably earlier but from what i can remember three mm -hmm. to five mm -hmm. three to five yeah um and it was i feel like it yeah i don't know how it impacted me i can't say that like, i'm not a psychologist but mm -hmm. um i feel like a lot of now me being on my healing journey a lot of things now are coming to light about why i have certain traits that i have mm -hmm. like why i you know, things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I get and, then, and then you hit a point where you're like, oh, shit. Like, you're connecting it yeah. back to, like... And, and, Makes and, sense. And then that brings me to where I am right now. Because I feel like healing is, like, a never-ending journey. Mm -hmm. But there's phases, right? And I think I'm in the forgiveness phase, which I never knew existed, you guys. Like, yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah. Like, I was in the victim mentality phase mm -hmm. for a while, like, bl not blame, but, you know, like, why, and why, and, like, you know, and why me, and, mm. you know, like, very much, like, and if, if you treated me this way, then I wouldn't have been, and if I would have had both of you guys, like, you know what I'm saying, and if these things were <clears> going on in the house, then I would feel more stable in my emotions, just a lot of things, like, going yeah. through my head about how I could have been different, but now i'm in that <clears throat> forgiveness stage where i'm like my parents couldn't give me what they didn't know themselves because they weren't given that <clears throat> mm -hmm. and i think <clears throat> that's something that uh, i don't know if it's just like in our like hispanic community where we don't like there's like a lack of talking about oh, these sure. things of like a lack of just the healing journey itself even would probably sound like a joke to like a lot of our older maybe Old, old school relatives yeah my close-minded people yeah my parents both of them actually are very um old school like very sh very much strict and old school mm -hmm. so that um also even though i feel like i inherited a lot of that like go-getter energy from both of them um i felt a little bit not safe to express myself or a little bit restricted in how i like came out in the world if that makes sense yeah how i presented myself to the world like i felt a little bit more like i, I needed 
always their approval like mm -hmm. I always like was needing my parents validation and their approval and I feel like that kind of started trickling down into my other relationships in my life too mm -hmm. <clears throat> um okay. a little thing of that <laughs> okay my sickle will <laughs> Okay, so <clears throat> we're still like in your early years. Um, so did they ever patch things up to the point where they could be like civil adults with each other? Like you said, it was kind of like messy, like with the divorce. So do you remember like at what point they kind of like brought it down hella notches to where they were able to be cordial? Yeah, eventually, I think. So the divorce happened like in 2005, and then in 2011, actually, I remember. Oh, I have this date, guys, because <laughs> it was like a key day. Because we thought that, and when I say we, like, was just me, my honestly, God knew what He was doing, giving me cousins that love me and support me, and that I'm sur I'm surrounded by a gang of cousins, you guys, because because I'm an only child, and 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 um, that even though it's great, it's it has its physical physical perks mm -hmm. emotionally it's trash like it's like it's lonely it's um yeah it's, it's like a it's a role that you i i felt like i couldn't know where to fit in because i mean thank god that i have cousins that i consider like i love them like siblings but i don't know what it feels like to have a brother or a sister like i don't know what that feels like oh so you're saying like that's trash like kind of like being like an only child yeah that part or growing up yeah that part about being an only child oh, okay. like the lonely part uh -huh. the lonely part or the not having somebody who's like okay we're going through this shit with our parents but we're going through it together and like oh, or or even just knowing oh we're going through this shit and somebody else knows what i'm going through like i ain't uh -huh. alone but it's just like oh shit we're going through this like what do we make of it like mm -hmm. i don't who do i turn to to be like you you know what this feels like too you're my brother you're my sister you know yeah so it was just like very much lonely in that sense of where like i felt like being the first and last born, like <laughs> the only, the, <laughs> the only, the single, <laughs> was like, yeah, it had its like downs on that sense where mm. like I wish I had somebody to kind of walk me, not even walk me through it or even walk with me through it, um, which I always had available, obviously with my cousins, but it's, I feel like it's not the same. And also, I don't like, you know, dragging people into my shit or anything. <laughs> I don't think anyone does, but yeah, so. That I forgot. I lost my uh, twenty twenty eleven. You said yeah. Twenty eleven. Thank you for bringing me back. Uh -huh. <laughs> twenty eleven was the day that they not the day that the year that they finally like spoke like um, in person cordially like mm -hmm. civilly and ironically that was because of my stepmom Anel. Uh, uh -huh. She was so my stepmom. Um, my dad met her when I was six years old, I believe. I'm so grateful, beyond grateful for her, mm -hmm. because even though I had my rough patch with her even too, like, I didn't, as a as a single only, like, spoiled little girl, like, I did not want her, um, obviously, in our lives, because I saw, like, I was jealous, <laughs> I was a jealous little daddy's girl, okay, yeah. so I didn't want, um, yeah, but mm -hmm. she, she's been, like, amazing, she is, like, a second mom to me, and it was actually her it was because of her that my parents got back into contact because she, I think it was like my 11th birthday that I wanted to do something. And she mm -hmm. was like, why don't we like do a party at your grandma's and you know, what, what's up with your mom and your dad? Like what, like she basically just kind of like mm -hmm. told me like, is it okay if I 
like and talk to your mom and we can like kind of arrange something and then they and so in the end they ended up doing like um like they got together to do like a party and stuff and that was the first time that they were like cordial and everything with each other and to me that was like what like what is going on like i never thought i would see them ever even being able to speak to each other or be in the same room together without something going down or like i don't know i just always felt like tense like tension and things like mm. that like the uncomfortable feeling mm. so i'm trying to remember like do i remember the party was it like that was it the party where like we had like potato sack races and stuff? i think it was i remember my grandma being in one of the potato sacks i'm like girl what you doing <laughs> theme but i just remember like it was probably that one because like you guys were around that that age but yeah you guys our parties were always fun and now that we're able to drink they're more funner but like there's hardly any low-key yeah we don't have any more as much like not as not like family family but like we get together you know but we're gonna try to change that but anyway so what trait oh i think i kind of already said this like what traits do you think you inherited you already said like you inherited like your dad's temporary yeah okay so we're gonna skip that question so we're gonna move into like growing up so we're talking about like teens preteens high school era so like did you have any boyfriends in high school um yeah i had actually one well yeah i had one boyfriend in high school Technically two, but I for, I honestly don't like counting the first one, y'all. <laughs> I was 16 and stupid. And just, <laughs> you if do? we could undo a relationship, like, I would love that one to be on. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Off record? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that relationship is now expunged. Period. Period. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a, a boyfriend in high school. Um, my first boyfriend, his name was... Wait. Yeah. Why am I... <laughs> That doesn't matter. Uh, that don't matter. Um, yeah, I had him. I met him my junior year. Um, that was my first ever like serious relationship. Like, it was. It was cute. It was like, it was cute. It was like a little high school relationship. He went to a different high school than me. Um, we met at like one of those high school dances and stuff like that. We had. Um, and then that one ended up being like a long distance thing. We went to college because mm-hmm. it was ju- we were together junior senior year, and then we went to college separately. We did the mm-hmm. long distance situation thing, and then and yeah, that 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 long distance thing didn't work for us. I was eighteen, he was same eighteen nineteen or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of a little bit, and even our parents told us like it, w- it was probably coming. It was a very wholesome little type of like a. A little intro to me to my um to my love life mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> love life um, yeah so that was he was my only high school boyfriend um we did that college thing a little bit my freshman year mm-hmm. um that was it okay so what else so like how was your overall like high school experience did you have like an overall game plan on what you wanted to do after high school yeah um so yeah my high school experience was fun i miss it i kind of miss high school i went to Mm -hmm. two different high schools Mm -hmm. i went to um one with my middle school friends so after i finished middle school me and some of my friends we went to the same high school Mm -hmm. and that was a fun experience it was a catholic high school so Mm -hmm. yeah that was 
that was fun <laughs> and then i went i transferred over to another uh, it was a christian school actually a lot of my so my mom she always um had me in like private schools um and so i think that kind of also like impacted my faith too like mm-hmm. i've been to both catholic and uh christian schools so i kind of got like a taste of what both religions or mm-hmm. yeah religions are like and things so that was i think that they that made my experience i guess unique mm-hmm. um um and then yeah in high school it was fun i did sports i did track dance um i even did soccer i think my last two years of high school that was fun mm-hmm. um but yeah i enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot mm-hmm. do you, you want to talk about college or no yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, what plans after, like, what, pl- what plans did you have after high school? Like, as far as, like, schools, did you know, like, what career or field you wanted to get into or, like, what happened? Yeah, so I wanted to, I didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise when I was in, I was, well, yeah, when I was getting out of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise. Mm-hmm. I just knew always since I was younger, since I was a little girl, I, like, you know, when they ask you what you want to be um i always said like a therapist or like a doctor like i was like i just want to help people like that was my (laughs) yeah that was my response i was like i want to help people like Mm. that was my thing like i just knew i was supposed to do that in some way but i didn't know how so i wanted to pursue like psychology for a while which i ended up going to university san francisco to study psychology or i went in there at least with those intentions Mm -hmm the best motherfucking time of my life i can trust me yeah girl stop yes the best time ever of my life um i literally left my heart in san francisco you guys mm-hmm. um that's probably i'm gonna go visit you yes oh my god ah. we, were, we were in the bay slash up north area yeah, together for Shout out to sex day <laughs> hornets boo <laughs> No, yeah, I want to go visit you. Yeah, around when I moved into, like, mm-hmm. around this, around the days that I moved in. I even like walked up to your dorm, like I knew where I was going to. Yeah. Girl, you walk, you down here, walk straight to my room. <laughs> I'm like, I'm here. Yeah, I remember. And then we we went around San Francisco that day. We went to the museum. We went to where we did a lot of things. Like we were strolling around the city. Mm-hmm. Got something to munch on, things like that. Yeah. And then, yeah, so what else, how was college? Like, what else did you do? Because it was a move, right? It was, like, big, I think, um, I don't know. Did my sister go drop you off, too? Or was uh, it Evelyn, just Evelyn? Evelyn went, I think, yeah. Evelyn went. Evelyn, my mom, and my dad, and my stepmom went to mm-hmm. take me. Um, yeah, it was a Let's talk thing. about that, yeah. Go, you go first, and then I'll tell you mine. <laughs> About the about the drop off college drop off the college drop off you guys let's talk about it oh my gosh um I thought I was gonna get super emotional and crying and all because I am very much that person but I didn't like I I didn't like I was just like I'm gonna see y'all later like it's okay <laughs> I'll be back for a break or something um uh, my stepmom she teared up that kind of almost made me given but i didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> um my stepmom did um my dad i think my dad he, he he didn't tear up but like i could hear it in his voice like he was just like okay yeah. <laughs> his voice a little cracking yeah. yeah 
y'all we packed up that minivan <laughs> um, he was in that car like payasos like the clowns oh yeah that kept coming out yeah <laughs> um it was, i remember it was like for like a long weekend that last long weekend i forgot what it is that holiday uh before like you know the end of summer honestly y'all i had no idea what the fuck i was doing like uh, i was first year generation um i didn't think to look at apartments like around campus so i just went straight to the dorms um but yeah i remember we we drove up um you know i checked in whatever moved in my stuff and we went to olive garden um on arden with your roommate and her family yeah Was or her parents i think yeah with your roommate and her parents yeah yeah Fuck that roommate. She ended up like snitching on me when I was pledging. But, um, wow. You know what? I think she was jealous because the, the guy that she kept bringing over like liked me. Whatever. I had it. I've always like, had it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> mm. But yeah, my dad took us out to eat to Olive Garden. And then when we came back, obviously it was shit. It was time to say goodbye. I remember everybody liked they excuse me they all kind of like said goodbye and then like when it was time to hug my dad i was like wait where'd he go bro my dad <laughs> left without saying goodbye like he went to the van he's like no 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 like i guess like i was like i think i told my mom like where's my dad he like she told me like that he left i'm like bruh but i feel like you know he, he ended up crying in the, in the van like he didn't want to say goodbye and then like but the fact that he didn't say goodbye like it made me feel some type of way. I'm like, bro, how dare you? Like, this is, you know, like, you're going to be miles away now. And, you know, me and my dad, like, we're, we're like this. So. He didn't want to. He didn't want to do that to himself. <laughs> yeah, he, he was going to, like, bro, he's going to break down. But, um, I, I, I'm pretty emotional. I want to say I probably cried. But I think it didn't hit me until, <laughs> like, because I had a full day to myself, like, the next day. Because it was, like, a long weekend. And then, like, Monday, you know, we started school. Or t- was it Tuesday? I forgot. Um, we started school, and, like, that's when it hit me. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm really on my own. Like, we're, I don't even know where, where I was supposed to be going. I didn't know, like, any of the buildings. I'm like, fuck, I should have spent, like, that extra day, like, walking around campus like a fucking <laughs> idiot. And then it had rained. So, like, that day of class, like, 
sack like it got icy like the the you know the trails or whatever like it got icy so i was on the way to my first class bitch i almost like slipped because i was i stepped on ice i'm like oh my god how embarrassing like, what's, up with, us? what's like, up with us what's up with us in our ice accidents bro i don't know <laughs> but yeah that was like our college drop-off experience my dad got a speeding ticket and i don't remember the ticket part was that on our way there yeah i was on our way there i remember because my my mom kept telling my dad to slow down and like he didn't he didn't listen and then eventually like you know we got pulled over and then my mom you know once the cop left my mom was like whatever but um yeah that was the college drop off so like he went for psych and stuff so what happened so because you, you you're doing makeup Oh yeah. So okay, while I was in yeah, but while I was in San Francisco, so my parents were helping me. They agreed to help me with my tuition, but I had to do all my like basically personal expenses out there like while I was over there. Mm -hmm. Um and so I had gotten a, a job at at a daycare actually. Oh, oh my god, I did I pledged into a sorority too while I was out there hey. in SF DZ baby. <laughs> 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 And oh, already girls over here. Oh my god, mm. that experience is like priceless. Like I know oh, you can say like mm. I can say a lot of things. Mine got cut short for financial purposes, and also because I low key did. Everybody told me like you're gonna get homesick this and that, but I, I mean that was a little bit of the reason also why I came back to SF. But partially also, oh my gosh, I haven't mm -hmm. told you this. What? I'm a, is this going to be the first time I'm telling you? I think so, about, about at why? college, about why I came back. Part yeah. of it was financial. Like, I kind of already was, like, on the little bit of a struggle bus mm -hmm. uh, while I was over there. Um, I would, so I picked up my thing for makeup. I've always loved makeup, always. Um, But I started, like, wanting to do it, like, at my dorms like i would do my dorm mates is that we call them like or for my floor mates my floor mates is um uh -huh. like makeup and things like that that's how that started like mm -hmm. my love of, of that and i wanted to start like doing it freelance basically mm -hmm. um so i was doing little baby gigs while i was in college like mm -hmm. on friday especially on the weekends a lot of my floor mates they wanted their makeup done i would charge them like 15 20 bucks Mm -hmm. however much they wanted to give me really like mm -hmm. it was just me wanting to practice and just find a different way to just make a little bit extra money mm -hmm. and so that's how th that part started but the reason why I also left SF is because my mom found out that I got roofied at a party over there mm -hmm. and she got called for because one of my sorority sisters gave on my well, they, she gave the doctors my mom's number so oh. she came down and i absolutely did not want her to find out because you know hispanic mom hispanic moms especially mm. um and especially my mom being that i'm her only daughter and she's always been very like strict and overprotective with me so it mm. was just for her it was like you're not staying there. Porque no? Like, I don't care what you want. I don't care what this, what that. And, I, and to me, it was like, like mom, this could happen anywhere. Like, it, mm -hmm. it was not the location. Like, it yeah. was the circumstances. Like, this could happen to anybody anywhere. But mm -hmm. it just so happened to happen there and at that time. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, that was, that made um my little, my 
my what is it called my little journey in san francisco it cut it short a little uh -huh. bit which it took me a while to kind of recover from that because i was set on you know getting my degree there at usf mm -hmm. i was gonna i was gonna do psychology you know psychology is really broad i was thinking i wanted to either be a clinical like psychologist or a therapist of some sort mm -hmm. um that was like my goal but deep 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 down <laughs> something in me knew that i wasn't gonna end up doing that um <laughs> so I came back home and that was a little bit hard of a transition, you know, going from being in college and being free mm -hmm. from a strict house, a strict Hispanic household to going and being out on your own mm -hmm. is a huge like 360 type of thing. So to coming back home and then being like, damn, like I'm back in jail. It's just, like, type shit. Dead ass, dude. I feel it. It I feels feel it. like that. Yeah, it's I a little like bit it. of a transit, like a learning curve with the transition. Huh. It's a lot. It's like like, cause you feel kind of not. St I felt stuck. Like I felt like uh, I felt like well, for me, like I was like I felt like I was like legit adulting. Like uh, yeah, I told you guys like I was damn near gonna like be a mom. Like I, I graduated. I had you know I was doing good at work. I was like you know what's what's left. From I was done hoeing around. So I'm like what what else is left? And then like I was ready like. <laughs> to like I don't know I guess move up in life and I was like damn you're gonna be a mom um I was gonna take in a foster kid and everything and then obviously COVID happened so like I ended up moving back and then I was just like I felt like I was so like independent and like good on my own to like that that little fallback and obviously with, there's more reasons as to why I went back home but um that's just like a little like glimpse but moving back home was fucking tough it's like having your space like having none at all it's like having like your freedom to like having none at all and yeah. my parents tried to like i mean even to this day like they just want communication as to where i'm at but like it's hard it's just like damn like, i can't like just walk out of my apartment like 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 nothing anymore like it's just like damn i have to yeah. share common spaces with people i'm like fuck like i'm just it took a lot to like get the flow of things mm -hmm. back again it, it like knocked me down like a little bit i was like Damn. it's discouraging a little mm -hmm. bit from feeling all back that out. freedom to all of a sudden feeling like you're being limited and it's not even because they want to well one they're worried that your parents that's already their job as it is mm -hmm. but two like it's that whole thing about you're under my roof like you're It'll under my down. rules like you know that type of mm -hmm. that's very big yeah mexicans mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay so have your plans changed? Obviously, you know you, you're not you're not a psychologist, so like your part is. <laughs> so um, so is that still? I mean, well, you got certified already, right? So like yeah. now, what's the plan? Yeah, so I got certified in that. I was doing that a little bit, trying to do a career out of it, like a career career. Um, but you know, freelancing, marketing myself, and all that was not for me because I'm just terrible with social media i'm working on it now because i'm still kind of in that field i'm still in like the the beauty industry wait do i am i talking about like what i'm doing now like like personal like yeah. presently like connected to now or mm -hmm. okay because so yeah i'm now pursuing my esthetician <laughs> license uh-huh <laughs> So basically, I'll still be offering my makeup services. I still very much wants to do makeup and for not, I mean, for a source of living. Mm -hmm. 
um so yeah i'm still like on that boat i just i was getting all these certifications and going to classes and trainings like trying to get as much like hands-on and knowledge and stuff as possible um but i couldn't make a business out of it because i didn't have the marketing skills like the like how to like sell yourself like skills uh -huh. basically because yeah. when you're a makeup artist you're not just like selling your work like you're also it's how you carry yourself to the world it's how you present yourself like you, you know what i'm saying so it's yeah, like yeah. A, it's a whole like marketing strategy oh, sure. um i got a lot of like i, I got a, a whole lot of experiences from that though like mm -hmm. like do, going to school for that and getting yeah. little baby internships they were they were not paid internships but i was paid in hella experience which to me that's mm -hmm. priceless mm -hmm. um so yeah, um, I was going to come, so when I moved back from SF, I was going to Santa Monica College trying mm -hmm. to just, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my makeup thing. And then at the same time for my parents, because it was very important for my parents to, for me to get my bachelor's degree, mm -hmm. especially my dad, like he's very like about me getting my bachelor's and I want to give that to him. I don't think I'm going to do shit with my bachelor's, <laughs> but I have enough college credits right now because I, I've done like i probably am considered like a junior in college right now with the credits that i have so mm -hmm. i only have a little bit to be able to basically transfer from a community and then graduate that's just not my priority right now because yeah. i'm not gonna do shit with the psychology degree i know that also you're still on on track to get your psychology degree yeah i'm on track but you know that's not my priority yeah i can still and i did i've been taking classes per semester but mm -hmm. that's not my main focus like i'm gonna get my degree but it's just mainly for the for my dad that makes sense. <laughs> it's also because you know you'll have something to fall back on and i got you i have connections now in the field <laughs> i love it yeah so okay. yeah right now i'm just oh well i was in well i was um going to community college mm -hmm. Then I, I went, I had my second relationship ever once I, I we'll get into that later, maybe? That's uh, pretty much next on the list. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's what happened <laughs> when I went, came back home with that transition of, like, learning how to just adjust back into being under my mama's house. Yeah. Ugh, I miss, I think college, dude, I'll never get tired of fucking saying I think college was the best years of my life my younger self like my like that's where i found like growth that's where i found like adulting mm -hmm. switching up you know just knowing shit about life um <clears throat> having fun obviously the partying but also the learning and also the healing honestly like that forgiveness mm -hmm. thing that you talked about like you know in during your healing process like <clears throat> when i found that when i found that that was during college as well so like i went to like my first therapy session was actually in college and it's just like a whole ass learning experience and like it's good to like get the fuck out of like your you know your norm you know, like your city so like i learned about you know how people you live, live yourself too yeah. because we're like when we're at home <laughs> more of yourself <laughs> yeah i feel like you really do find your like you you like not create but you re-refine yourself when you're oh, out there sure. in the world not being connected to like your 
family not that you're disconnecting yourself from your your family values mm. and morals but it's more like you're finding out who you are outside of that too. yeah like, because it's like you know how you grow up how you think it's just like uh my roommate used to tell me like you know what you know is like you're right here but like the more like you expand and you move out it's just like oh shit like there's like a whole nother world out there so that's that was kind of like my view because like you know like we're family oriented we're mexican but like bitch when i went like out there like i'm like oh shit there's like a whole nother level of mexicans like there's the people that work at the campo and like all other people from like different areas and like yes we're all mexican but we have like different ways different traditions i'm like oh shit like that's what's up like oh damn and like just like you know visiting people that like or knowing people that like work at the campos which is like the fields if you guys don't know what the campos are um you know the people that pick our fruit you know i know people that do that and like how they live and you know just like being aware and i didn't used to like growing up in la like i didn't we didn't really have that so i didn't know like you know that stuff so like if you move out of your city you guys like go fucking go live and go learn and go just like do shit you know what i mean so i loved i loved i loved i love sacramento <laughs> i love like my college experience and like i met like my friends there i would see sorority sisters and like i don't know it was just you know it was like a vibe like go go to college go live go <laughs> go explore <laughs> go experience go uh yeah go experience in more ways than one you know what i'm saying Absolutely. but moving on okay <clears throat> we're gonna move on to love life and reflection okay have you ever been in love <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let me just say that in after <laughs> I've been in three relationships, I am 23 years old. Yeah, I've been in three relationships. My first one being when I was 17. Mm -hmm. And I think I can say that I have been in love or at least what my perception of what love was at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um yeah so yeah being in love is cute and all i just can't <laughs> where i am right now y'all i'm in um i'm like in that um, let me see like how do i explain it you're just focused on you i'm on i'm very much on me right now why because i think i had to go through those three lessons <laughs> to reconnect three. three two three three not one <laughs> to reconnect with myself to re to mm -hmm. find come back home to drea basically was uh -huh. <laughs> yeah and it took <laughs> and it took a lot of that but um i i do not re and it, this is huge for me to say because mm -hmm. the last my last one was absolutely a movie mm -hmm. um but I can say now, like, I got into the point where I can say they all absolutely had, had to happen. Like, they had mm -hmm. to happen for me to be where I am right now. Mm -hmm. For me to be able to know the things that I know now. Mm -hmm. And love myself the way that I do now. Because I'm still on that journey, but I can... It's a, it's a, it's a process, you guys. It's not... Lenny would know. Like... <laughs> overnight most definitely not an overnight thing but when you kind of i'm kind of like where my head is out like yeah, like, like you're right here but i'm like i was here, and then like my head is out the tunnel y'all yeah. like, yeah. like 
Yeah, that's how it very much feels like. And those relationships very much helped shape that in mm. the best of ways and in the worst of ways. Why the worst of ways? Because it brought out also things about, um, like parts about me that mm. I needed to self-reflect on that I needed to heal from my childhood. Uh-huh. And a lot of that had to do with, you know, my my upbringing and things. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying like making that connection for me was like important because now I can understand why why I was this way in these relationships. Like, why did I take them? Why was I? Why did I make them the center of my world? Like, why mm-hmm. did I? Why did I? Yeah, make them my the center of my world. Why did I give my all into into this? Like, yeah. like if my like you know yeah you're fully invested exactly mm-hmm. um, and. In the moment, it felt very normal and natural and what I had to do. But now that I look back and understand why, um, it helps. Like, it it helps to um, break those, like, unhealthy patterns of codependency, Mm -hmm. Mm people-pleasing, all that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. it helps to become aware of it. (laughs) Once you're aware of it, then that's your choice if you want to, like, you know, do something about it. Or keep repeating the same cycle, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also have. <laughs> I'm like, I'm <laughs> oh yeah, so you have been in love. So it's been three, and that taught you that. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> I've been in love. Yeah. So you say you had three relationships. So like, were you, did you feel like the same love, or like, did you feel like you were in love in all three? I loved them um, individually. Mm-hmm. If I was in love, in love, like this, when when I think about the word in love, I'm thinking, it's because here's the thing, love is such a, <laughs> like, let me get into my head, how I feel about love, because I love love, like, love, yeah, like, love is, like, everything, like, mm-hmm. you are love, mm-hmm. I, am, I am love, I am yeah, love, I'm all about it, yeah, like, yep. we're lover girls at heart, at, in our core, certified lover girls, in the core, certified lover girls, <laughs> So it's a it's both a blessing and a curse in relationships. Why? Because it's a blessing to be able to feel this deeply, mm-hmm. but it's also crazy when shit hits the fan as life does, and mm-hmm. you have to <clears throat> like maneuver through it without letting your those deep feelings and that sensitivity that you feel get a hold of you and get the most of you in relationships yeah which was my part of my lesson i think it was was like learning how to separate myself and my boundaries my needs and my individuality from my relationships because i made them my everything and and i think part of the reason was watching um my my mom she's very um her too, I mean, that's another thing that I'm in my healing journey about too, is so mm-hmm. I felt like even though my parents gave me physically everything that I needed to, and more, and more, because mm-hmm. I, I didn't, they didn't just give me physically what I needed, they, like there's an overflow out here, mm-hmm. but, out here. <laughs> <laughs> but she in, good out here, y'all. <laughs> emotionally speaking, I was lacking, I was mm-hmm. lacking that, um, that steady stable father figure nothing to do with my dad's father this is nothing to do with like pointing fingers or blame games yeah it was simply the way it was set up with the court i just couldn't see him till the weekends um and i might add to that too like i feel it's common to in first generational parent like his his like 
Hispanically speaking, I guess. <laughs> in, our <laughs> Latino, in our Latino community. <laughs> um, you know, first generation parents, I feel like it's all because, you know, we, my mom tried. She, she, but like, too, like, it's hard to put out what you haven't received in your past. So, like, with the, you know, and your, our parents, you know, your dad, my mom being siblings, like, they didn't receive like that emotional, you know, like support growing up. So, like, they didn't know, kind of know how to give it, but my mom kind of knew about it. So, she tried. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the emotional stuff was still lacking, especially for my dad. Um, but he was a provider like we were we were good like you know family was taken care of they built it they built everything out of nothing pretty much i think for both of our parents you know they did the same thing in a different way but that is very common so i think the second generational you know set of parents are trying to like change those cycles and actually provide emotionally you know yeah because when you're in a new country in a whole new everything you're mm-hmm. not fucking thinking about psychology and mm-hmm. like how Our emotions or feelings bitch get to work yes <laughs> we're trying to survive out here we're not thinking about your emotional traumas and wounds like we're not thinking about what you inherited like you know. get your ass to work and let's let's Dude. get this bread you know that's how it is oh like, mommy didn't hug you your emotions all right we gotta get to work no yeah literally like Mm-hmm. like to i mean at least like from even with my friends too like um some friends that i have that are first generation as well just like us like we relate a lot on the fact that like our parents are very like it's such an admirable quality mm-hmm. but we also say like what we want we want to take the good things but the things that we know that we knew that we needed to growing up that w- would have made probably made a difference like we want to now add implement, that implement, yeah, that. implement exactly like you can know what to do but the, the the key thing is y'all we have to apply them we have to like like we know what we should be doing but sometimes because of what we received growing up we could like easily like get backtracked and apply those little you know stuff that we want to leave behind but it's because you know it's, it's already, already like programmed. yeah it's programmed in our head like you know but it's like we have to apply these good things, these better, you know, just to make our little our kids aguas me tengo. But like, you know, the newer generations, the little nieces and nephews that we do have to like, you know, do better. We just got to do better as a whole. And sometimes that takes a village too, not just, you know, the parents. They need, you know. Anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. But you were saying. Yeah, it is like a legacy thing. Like you are leaving. That is the legacy that you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you I got get a bar girl. Let it out. <laughs> Intercession. Intermission. Did I say? I think you did. Isn't it intercession what people do when they come and like? Oh, never mind. Intermission. I don't know. I think it was. Um. Should we take oh, a break? A break. I'm like, should we take a break? I kind of have to go pee, but I can hold it. I don't know. Are you sure? No, but then you're gonna be uncomfortable. Do you have to be? No. I have to cut this whole thing off. But if we cut it, it's okay like to start it from nothing? Or uh, the, audio, the audio, yeah. The video, uh, I don't want to be like all... Going it. through it? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Let me go real quick. Yeah, because you can... Wait, but you can keep talking if you want. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, but we were at this one. Like, how many serious relationships have you had? You had three, and you were saying, like, have you been in love? Oh, I believe you. So you were talking about love, basically, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's where we left. All right, talk loud so I can hear you for the bathroom. I'll be quick. Okay, you can actually hear me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can. Okay. So, we were on the part where I moved back from S. <laughs> where we moved back from SF. Uh, I moved back from SF and back home with my mom. Um, I hit my, I hit my second relationship. Um... <clears throat> which was very eye-opening. It taught me so much about myself, also about like self-control, even. Let me, let me, let me, I had to, let me, I had to edit this part out because I'm just talking out of my ass, you guys, at this point. <laughs> Why am I nervous without letting me hear what's going on? Hold on, I need to take a sip, y'all. okay so yeah as i was saying so i'm very much um as lindy said i'm very much a certified love girl like love is my language period platonic love give it to me romantic love stay away from me platonic love give it to me <laughs> i'm just explaining to them how my view my take on love right now platonic love give it to her yeah because there's nothing more wholesome in my opinion than platonic love now that i experienced it just because romantic love or whatever like relationship love um wait from... how'd you experience platonic love did i miss that did you say that well wouldn't my love for you be platonic oh yeah for sure yeah like that's platonic love um like like just like like a like a pure like a raw love but like there's no romantic attachment interest yeah mm -hmm. attachments exactly Attach feelings to it or anything and to me that's like one of the biggest gifts that we have is like that platonic love that you feel for your friends and your family she's like that's something that these relationships <laughs> these relationships really like open my eyes to to, to reconnect back with the love that Back to my center, back to the love oh, yeah. that made me me, back to mm -hmm. back to the love that made me who I am, you know? Yeah, I know for sure. It's my friends, my family, like, yeah, I'm just back to my my core, my myself. And there's nothing like being in, in like, a toxic relationship and, it, and in the middle of that, uh -huh. getting out of it, feeling like you're never going to get through that part. And then, like, like I said, like, sticking your head out, out of the tunnel uh -huh. and then like being like i was here all along bitch like what, <laughs> I'm dead. Like, what? yeah that's correct okay so looking back now did you ever notice a pattern in your three relationships in my three relationships yeah mm -hmm. like a, a toxic pattern? like a toxic pattern okay a toxic pattern okay. yeah for sure so i'm gonna say just like right off about what it was mm -hmm. like jealousy possessiveness like um i would say that would that was like the main the common denominator in in my failed relationships was there was a lot of like mistrust mm -hmm. there was a lot of like um actually i think and i, I actually no i don't think i know that even though i had a like emotional connections to these people mm -hmm. the relationships were very like driven by lust but mm -hmm. that that's not like that that's a necessary part of a relationship too you you can't ignore the 
physical connection to them, right? Mm -hmm. But when that's like one of the main forces that's driving your relationship, I found that 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 wasn't a strong foundation for us. Oh, like, for sure. Because that's your foundation, so that's not, it's kind of like more based on like, oh, who are you, like, you know, who are you talking to? Or like, what are you doing when I'm not with you type of thing? Mm -hmm. And I saw that pattern, like, <laughs> not my, it was actually just my last relationship, not my other two. They were, uh -huh. it wasn't that, but. It wasn't as intense? It wasn't as intense. It was very subtle, though. I mean, especially mm -hmm. with my first long, my first relationship ever. Yeah. And that one was in college. Uh -huh. We did the whole long distance thing. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're gonna, we dealt with that whole, like, you know, that worry. fear that like worry like we're not with each other like we're so far away from each other we're in college like we're just getting started mm -hmm. you know so there was that whole thing with like with the fuck am i trying to say i guess maybe that needs physical needs had to be met and you guys were just like wondering like oh like who's beating your needs or whatever exactly yeah. yeah there was worry of cheating basically right yeah and mm -hmm. i would say that was like the common denominator between them apart from like codependency mm -hmm. if we want to put terms to it like <laughs> yeah yeah like like that feeling of and, and i could like argue it came from me feeling like i wanted a male a male person i wanted that i craved that support that mm. i craved that male attention slash support to to my person mm -hmm. because that i did I, I was lacking it so i i wanted it and i and i took refuge in my boyfriends for that if mm. that makes sense it does it makes total sense so like looking back now oh wait no okay so mm -hmm. So, so we're gonna get into nitty gritty, y'all. So, like, tell us about your last relationship, the the one that got you here to uh, that got you to where you are today. Honestly, so like the ups and downs, the lowest of the lows. Like, tell us all about it. Y'all ready? Yeah. I am ready. Take a sip. <laughs> take a seat. Take a sip. Yeah, you guys, <clears throat> my last relationship was the wildest ride in the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's my pretty, God. I mean, I've only heard snippets of it. And, and you know, you were partially, like, in the mix, too, towards the end of it, too, in a way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went into some things that I didn't like. Uh, so did, should I say this? So did whiskey, I guess. Mm. Um did his insight as a male like help i feel like it helped it's a little bit so, it really did I, you know in my old phone i still had that one video where he was giving <laughs> where he was giving a pep talk you did record huh you did on the demo i, I did i could have sworn you you like you know, know you put the record button saying but i'm like did this bitch really like start recording this conversation <laughs> but like i i even told <laughs> him i even told whiskey i'm like i'm gonna record because i'm gonna need this for later on for my reminder <laughs> He okay. just snapped me back into like not snapped me back, but tampoco like you know he just pulled you back into a reality. little reminder from a male perspective, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay, so tell us. Um. Yeah. So um, I met Mans when I was doing like a seasonal seasonal job, like it was like a holiday job. I was trying to get extra cash while I was in college and stuff, and mm. um, yeah. Mm, he was 11 years old, older than me. Uh -huh. 
instant connection right off the bat felt like we'd known each other for forever like mm-hmm. we could talk like you know it, it was almost scary how fast we connected mm-hmm. and how like intensely it was too um and nothing it just felt like man's was my whole soulmate that's all <laughs> that's how it felt uh-huh. um and it was okay the ups the ups this yeah. man taught me a lot about confidence about about how to wear my confidence about how to just yeah like he 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 pushed me he he seemed like he had really good intentions for me and things Mm -hmm. like that which i really admired um and yeah he was a he was a hustler too like same mentality like go-getter mentality like always Mm -hmm. seemed like you know wanting the best for me and pushing me and my dreams and my goals and supporting them and everything Uh and you know that whole talk about you know once y'all start talking about a future (laughs) the saying out of experience y'all be careful i've done this with the three of them Mm-hmm. Um and, and and hey, we're all different. Not everybody is gonna do like I'm not. Don't say don't blame, base it off of my experiences. Your experience, yeah. yeah, this is we're all different. Like, for sure, it's just my experiences and how I dealt with it. We all deal with things differently. No, for sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous though, y'all. If, if you guys are very much like future oriented and like really start talking that makes it real it doesn't make it real it just your feelings it grows your feelings more than what it kind of gets you on a fast track almost. no and i feel well yeah too but i feel like you guys focus on too much of like what could be then focusing i mean like on the now and like you know fixing issues that you guys have now or like you know just the phone because you guys are here at the foundation because you're like fast tracking to like the future that you know and you guys need to be like step by step and get there is that does that kind of make sense yeah 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 so careful yeah because because when you're so well we weren't like only always talking about that but that part doesn't (laughs) help like when you do Mm -hmm. because you start envisioning excuse me this you start envisioning like a future and Uh like painting like a whole life with Uh them and if you're good at detaching like go ham go crazy but if like it takes a while for you to like you know not like it might affect you if things don't work out the way you want them to things like that mm-hmm. um but anyways back to the point is um we uh, we're talking about the ups so like yeah and then like the lows yeah the lows probably started around like month three or four of the relationship um he just had well let me say to he oh, i don't want it without getting too much fuck it i don't give a fuck <laughs> fuck you bro <laughs> he had four baby mamas <laughs> going into the whole history because we need a little backstory so y'all could understand yes what i was dealing with what i had on my plate in a sense Okay, so um, here we, we're gonna get into the lows, you guys. Yeah. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, like as I mentioned before, old boy was eleven years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a father. He had four children with four different baby mamas, and 
at the time when I met him and we were getting to know each other, my naive self. Innocent, young. My naive 21-year-old self. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I took, like, I believed everything that, like, you know, his reasons why everything didn't work out with all separate four. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually sympathized with him at some point. At, heavily mm -hmm. and um and his story and why things didn't work out long story short <laughs> he had trust issues big times mm -hmm. he was hurt man's was hurt in the past um he was done like dirty which i'm if i know him correctly and the traits of somebody like that doesn't take accountability i'm pretty sure that there was more than just betrayal to him but the way that he saw it he was always betrayed always mm -hmm. so that was a pattern that I failed to see. More like a red flag that I just kept ignoring. When mm -hmm. he wouldn't, like, the way he would address them, the way he would talk about them. Like, I had no clue. Like, the way he was speaking about them, in a sense, was like a reflection of how he felt about mm -hmm. women in general. Because oh, he God. would speak about women in a negative light. And that's also another thing that I... I now took under my tool belt like i was like wee, wee, like the red flag comes on now now i know now i know like, like men out there men out there like that exist that unfortunately didn't have that female um support that they needed in their life mm -hmm. and so and also he had like older sisters that he didn't see the best example of how females should should behave, behave. Or, be, or you know or yeah and so he kind of had that distorted perception of women like he mm -hmm. had that perception of women being cheaters liars like the worst possible thing you know high school just not adults exactly and yeah. responsibilities accountabilities and let's go on and on and on yeah so when you're looking at like the world through those eyes like you could have like whoever in front of you like you're gonna think until you heal that inside of yourself it's my opinion that mm -hmm. you're gonna see that because that's what you feel like your outer world is a projection of your inner world so mm -hmm. if you're thinking all the time like she homegirls is cheating on me what are you doing why aren't you picking up my FaceTime? like what are you doing <laughs> like, she dipping in her voice y'all okay <laughs> Like, are you cheating on me now? With and it's just like, bro, like yeah. to me, it's the most nuts thing because I don't come from that. So I yeah. always tell him like, that's not what I come from. Like that's not how I was raised. That's not what I believe in. Like, yeah, it's, this doesn't align with who I am. Period. Yeah. But that even doesn't matter how I say it, how I like ABC it, write it down for him. Yeah. Like it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna come. It's not gonna register until you decide to heal it yourself and mm -hmm. see it for yourself too. Yeah. And that takes a lot of self reflection, accountability, like things that mm -hmm. people just <clears throat> you know need to develop on their own. But they have to want to. That's the thing. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of jealousy started happening mm -hmm. um, the fourth month. Around the fourth month, a lot of like I started noticing those patterns of possessiveness, of jealousy, things mm -hmm. like that. This would be the type of guy that me and my good friend G would label as because, you know, we used to work in the same agency. So we kind of like would talk about stuff. So like if we were to like just like based off his behaviors and like based off what he said. So 
this is the type of guy that we used to label as having a pimp mentality because mm-hmm. lacked accountability. He was super fucking possessive. He was like, you know, always on you, always wanted to know where you were, like accusing you of things mm-hmm. that, like, it was just overall manipulative, manipulative, um, just behaviors. It's just, you got. Yeah, so like once I knew and you have the proper college education to be able to <laughs> like pinpoint these motherfuckers. Yeah, like. Nowadays, you don't even need a college education. If you see the right amount of shows, the right amount of like documentaries, you could just, you know, like just you could spot on tell who you know who they are. But yeah, and work experience too, having you know worked in the like back in SAC, like that's literally the clientele that we would have. We would have pimps follow up to the door, you know. It's kind of scary, but like you kind of know where their heads at. Mm-hmm. So like all those behaviors and all that stuff that you would mention like happened. I'm like, oh yeah, girl, like he ain't it, he ain't it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. So homeboy had some issues, some stuff he needed to work on clearly. Uh, but what do you think happened, like, the the lowest of the lows that made you, like, okay, I'm done? Yeah, he, he put his hands on me a few times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the lowest of the low. He... Well, you said a few times, so you don't want to talk about it? I mean, I don't know if I should, if it's too, like, intense. Well, you don't have to get, like, into it. But, but you said a couple times, so, like, what was, like, the last time that was, like, okay... Because it happens a lot in DV cases, like, you know, people don't know their way out. Usually it's women, but sometimes it's men, you know, DV does not discriminate. So, it's hard for them to get out of that situation. Bella. Salte, mama. Salte. Al baño. This song. Stop. Wait, can it? You can. Uh, you're saying it happens a lot in DV cases. Uh, oh, yeah. It happens a lot in DV cases where, like, you know, the same altercations happen, uh, same abuse happens, but they don't know how to get their way out, or they're too scared, or they're, you know, scared for their life, scared of what might happen if they have kids, you know, they might, you know, get into the mix of, like, threatening to take them away and stuff like that. So, like, it's common to allow that abuse to happen continuously because of the fear so like you mentioned like you know he put his hands on you a couple of times so what was like the time that you know you 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 were at like your breaking point or like like that was it like you're out of here um it was when he we were actually out at a it was the very 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 last time that i think i ever saw him actually it was Mm -hmm. when we broke up and it was like me saying hasta aquí llegué, basically, like, mm-hmm. I, hasta aquí, because I had tolerated it a lot, not because I thought that I could, just because I felt like I had to, almost, like, for him, like, I always told him, like, I would never give up on him, and all this mess, uh-huh. like, I felt a sense of, um, like, I had to keep my word, almost, mm-hmm. almost, but also because I genuinely loved the man with, like, everything I had, so, mm-hmm. when you love somebody with everything that you have, like, like you'll do, it's a face. questionable. It's the, it's the face gestures for me. Oh, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. It is dangerous. It's it's that's you taking that first step into like 
putting him first instead of you. Exactly. Oh, and I, me. wow. And I, Look at me. I did that a lot. Like I, I did that more than, more than I should have. And that's something that I, to this day, I'm still trying to forgive myself about that. I still kind of catch myself like, you know, getting down on myself about, but, mm -hmm. but it's part of the process, I guess. It is. Just like <clears throat> recognizing that, but, but yeah, um, the, the time that I was like, hasta aquí, like it's over, like it's, it's done so. <laughs> we had already been kind of already having like, there's like, it's never just like a one moment and then boom. Like it's like things lead up to it. Yep. Like moments lead up to it, tension rises, things, like little things. It, it starts warning you, like it's, that's yeah. just how it happens. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we had, he, he was trying to get into getting like a motorcycle. That was one of his biggest dreams the scariest shit for me because i just i motorcycles scare me like motorcycle accidents happen all the time like it was mm. just something that it would have scared me to even like be in a relationship with him knowing that he's gonna be in a motorcycle i don't know it was just a big thing for me it was hard for me to accept that that's what something that he loved yeah anyways we we went ended up going to this biking event on a weekend out in paris mm -hmm. california and um <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, it was like a Harley Davidson. He went to go take some classes, and I was like, I, I went with him, you know, to support him and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a hotel out there in Paris, um, but it was a, it was like, it was chaotic, you guys. Like it was like that day that that we were out there. Like we went, <laughs> we went to a store, and he had already, I had already been feeling like his jealous, like concerns and things like that like like that energy just rising that energy yeah. of like mistrust like i could feel it of course i felt it i knew this man like i could feel it like it will it would come before it came if that makes sense like yeah, i would yeah. feel it before it came out like with his mouth mm -hmm. and he uh, we were at like a store trying to get a t-shirt for him and this man walks by mm -hmm. and he was like why are you looking at this man i saw you make eye contact with him this mm -hmm. and that like he made like a scene down here in front of the man and i was like let's just go like let's just go um and that that kind of moment triggered everything because it was just that wasn't the one incident there was multiple incidents mm -hmm. but when things add up like things add up you know yeah. like it's not just like it takes one time um, and it was like a bunch of little petty things like that that had been adding up throughout that week actually and mm -hmm. um, yeah we got back to the room and, and, and I, I was ready to call my mom to go get me I was just like if this is what it's gonna be like like I told you I didn't want to deal with this drama I told you I wanted to have a peaceful weekend yeah. and you had to find something again you know mm -hmm. and so yeah we went back to the room like trying to calm things down I started like I, I was just more on some, like, let him think what he wants. At that point, because mm -hmm. there's stages to it. There's stages where you're trying to convince him so bad. Like, believe me. Like, I love you. Like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> like, it's almost pathetic now thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Like, you're almost damn near begging somebody to see your heart. Like, to see your yeah. intentions. Like, you know them. But they, they don't see you. They don't, don't see you. It's yeah. distorted to them because of their shit. And I didn't think it was because of him. I thought it was me. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Like, mm -hmm. why am I not loving you good enough? Like, why yeah. isn't it enough? Like, what could I do? Like, I was like, damn, you're like, take my whole heart. Like, so like they're just like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but there's zero acknowledgement because there's zero inner work. In, yeah. That's what. 
that's what he liked. That's why it should happen the way it happened. Like, and you know what? I don't know. But that will happen. <laughs> yeah, so it took homeboy down dragging me by my clothes and tossing me around like I was a mona, like like a rag doll through the car, through the parking lot, making a scene in the in the hotel parking lot. Mm -hmm. um he tried putting me in a chokehold for the second time which one of the times that he did i damn near lost consciousness when mm -hmm. when he had me in the chokehold mm -hmm. and yeah so that um that, that was, was my good. moment that was my moment when he did it the second time that he put me in the chokehold and i felt him like i felt my airway getting blocked again mm -hmm. and i was like trying to get out of it mm -hmm. um and so I was kicking and pushing and all these things, trying to get out of it, which yeah. only made him more angry. Um, and yeah, that that I I booked it. I left. I ran. Um, I he had my phone, like all my uh, devices and mm -hmm. things like that. So I just got a number from a stranger. He oh, when I was kicking him and like throwing anything that I could at him, he started recording me mm -hmm. and he called the police on me. Mm. He called the police on me, uh -huh. saying that I was the aggressor, that I was his abuser. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I left. I left because, you know what? Yeah, it was your him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he recorded me. Mm -hmm. And he made it seem like I just came out of nowhere and was, like, trying to just, like, you know? That's the manipulation, y'all. They be twisting shit around to have their way. And I'm just fucking nice. Yeah, so. But, um, yeah, and then that's when everything, obviously, got ugly, so it could get better, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, was, it got ugly, so it could get better. You guys better. had to do, like, all that shit, right? Like, after that, things kind of started falling uglily. Uglily? Ug ug ugly? Is that even a word? Like, uglily? Ugly. fall into place so things will get better you know what i mean exactly chaotically they're ugly <laughs> ugly <laughs> oh my god i can't believe yeah it definitely had to get worse before it got better for sure um but yeah i hit rock bottom with this relationship for sure like i i let him cross boundaries that i had never intended anybody to cross you know mm -hmm. like because why in the name of love? That's why I'm saying, y'all, like, be careful. Like, I'm not trying to scare anybody. Like, no, everybody's different. Like, everybody yeah. takes things differently. But for you sensitive souls out there who pour your heart out and, like, give it your all and, like, you're pure-hearted and you just, you want the best for people no, yeah. and things. Like, it's a dangerous world out there. Like, you don't know. You think mm -hmm. that because you have a heart... That people are gonna be that way because it's just natural to you. Mm -hmm. Hell nah, that's what this man taught me. That's what he yep. taught me. Not everybody is like you. Not everybody has your intentions. Like, and you could think that they do, and you could feel even like they do. Mm -hmm. But it just takes a few moments. And I'm telling you guys because it wasn't just one like oh one red flag. I'm out. Like no, mm -hmm. bro. Like, I was I was um, accepting. I was like letting all my boundaries be stepped all over like mm -hmm. i was i was staying through things that 
I would never let my daughter stay through. I don't have a kid, but when I do, like, <laughs> she has a cat and she has a dog. <laughs> I'm a pet mom. But I know. No, one yeah. day I'm going to have children and I would never, never condone them doing what I did in the name of love. Like, mm. you know, like, it's not worth it. Like, self-love really is the best love. Mm. And platonic love. Like, he. <clears throat> now that I'm going back to the ups of what this relationship brought me, like, the good, mm-hmm. positive things. Yeah. Self love and I and I yeah I learned it a little bit in my uh, in in my last two relationships too any any type of heartbreak teaches you self love period like mm-hmm. because there is that moment where you have to pick yourself up and and remind yourself who the fuck you are yeah and reconnect with yourself and all that yeah because uh, once you like actually acknowledge the fact like oh shit like I'm broken up with like I'm no longer with this person it's just like nobody got you but you. Like, yeah, it's just you versus you. It's just you and you. So like, you know what? Make the best version of you. Mm-hmm. That way, the best version of you could help you pick yourself up when you're feeling down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Does that make sense? Or my trip? My drum? No, it makes all the sense. <laughs> it makes all the sense. All right, cool. Two drunk girls over here now. <laughs> okay. So. So what has helped you overcome the fact that you are a survivor? Love that word of domestic violence abuse, whatever you may call it. Some people might not even like to use those words or label it as that. Um, they just put it as a bad relationship. Whatever you guys feel comfortable if you're in this situation or if you were in the situation, which is okay. Do you acknowledge the fact that you were in a DV case, or like, or are you just like, oh yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad one? No, I acknowledge it, <laughs> and and you know why? Um, because it's a funny story that <clears throat> my second relationship, so the relationship that I had before my last, mm-hmm. um, it ironically ended up being a dv case not because we were dv like not because we were doing dv things Mm. it was because we were abusing alcohol Mm. and we we got into it because of the toxicity of jealousy and and all that stuff that Mm. that pattern came up but there was never any domestic violence in that relationship what happened was that we I had actually an incident, and this was, like, life-changing for me, actually. Like, in mm-hmm. the moment, I saw it, like, the biggest curse ever with, with my second relationship. Mm-hmm. But now I know. <laughs> <laughs> now I know that that had to happen f- so I can get through this. Because if mm-hmm. I didn't have that lesson, I wouldn't be able to move through this one. Move through that one, literally. Uh-huh. And what happened there was that it, it was like I saw it as a curse but now looking back it's nuts I see it as a blessing but what happened and I don't know if I ever told you this part too but I got locked up <laughs> wait uh, did you I feel like I told you I feel like you might have told ago. me when you maybe you're drunk a little bit like I don't know but <laughs> I think I did I think I did but you know why I never gave it that much importance because I g- genuinely, there was nothing serious that happened. You know what? But, but what I had to go through because of that taught me. You know why? Because mm-hmm. I ended up having to take court-mandated classes mm-hmm. about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. But that gave me the tools to identify what was going on in that mm-hmm. last relationship. Because all the patterns that he was showing me was everything that they were teaching me in class. Mm-hmm. 
So I was going to these domestic violence classes, mm-hmm. hating it, being like, why the fuck am I here? I have no right to be here. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't do shit. Like, you yeah. know, like, I didn't do anything. Like, genuinely, the reason why I, I got locked up is because me and my my ex at the time, mm-hmm. we, we both got arrested for being rowdy as fuck in the hotel. DTP, disturbing the peace. Disturbing the peace. <laughs> we were disturbing the peace at the hotel. We were being loud asses, and mm. our next door neighbors called the police. When the police showed up, homeboys tried um, handcuffing us without reading us our Mirandas, mm-hmm. and I went off. I was drunk. So that did not help. That did not help. I'm already passionate as it is. So when I'm drunk, like triple that and quadruple sometimes. Exactly. So we're getting we're out here getting arrested. I don't know what the hell is going on. Like I'm telling them, what are you guys doing? Why aren't you reading us our rights? Mm-hmm. You do not talk back to police officers who are entitled. There's good cops and there's the entitled ones. We just so happen to get And when they showed up and they were handcuffing us, Francis my my ex was like telling me like shut the fuck up don't say anything i know your mouth don't say anything just comply 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 Mm -hmm. what was my drunk ass doing why aren't you guys reading us our rights what the heck is going on i'm gonna sue you guys for this what are you doing like i was just i was i was a drunk mess why because i was falling into that substance abuse shit because of not being able to how to handle the jealousy problems that were happening in my relationships Mm mm-hmm which now looking back, like, why did why was this even a thing? Where did this come from? This whole jealousy thing, where did I learn this from? Where did this come from? Your parents. Yeah. Like, and, and it goes back to, like, it's not, like, me trying to be, like, oh, I'm blaming you because of this. But now it helps you heal because it helps you forgive why you did that. Mm-hmm. Because to, to forgive it, you have to understand why. Yeah. And to understand why, you have to go back and be, Backtrack. like, where, where did I learn this shit from? You go know? to the archives, bitch. They're there. The reasoning is always there. You just gotta like look back and actually like look back with open eyes and actually like you know reflect on how that affected you. So like the what did we just say? Like possessiveness, jealousy, or what the jealousy part. Well, pretty much, yeah. Basically, what you saw growing up kind of like became a reflection of how you were behaving and you know your actions and like and i was was like within you too like like yeah like you were attracting it you were being it Mm -hmm. um yeah it was i attracted it because i wasn't in a way that was inside of me too like i attract like the reason they were like that towards me and i was like why are you like this i'm not like this like why are you like this like Mm -hmm. but eventually what they started doing to me like them questioning me and being jealous i started doing it to them eventually because i'm like why are you questioning me? Like, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah. like, what are you doing? And then it just turned into this whole cycle, you know, like it turned into this like bigger thing where that became the toxic pattern, you know? Yeah. But yeah, and back to my point about that last thing being a blessing <laughs> in disguise, uh-huh. because it was a blessing in disguise, like me getting locked up and like, you got locked Y'all, up. I was in and jail. I was yeah. in jail for four Do you have a mugshot? Yes. Oh my God. I look sick. I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> you have a picture? I was drunk though in my mugshot. <laughs> and I was like, I gave like a little half smile because they told me not to smile. And I was like, fuck you guys. Like, I don't want to be here. Like, that's <laughs> inviting. 
Like I just didn't want to like I was just I was in shock, you guys, and I did and I, never in my life like would you me, wait wait who would you call? Exactly. I didn't want to tell my mom that would have been like a mess no, for me. No, I got yeah. scared. I was scared. Even my dad, I would be like, he'd kill me. Like I feel like if you contacted both of your parents, I feel like they'd send you like abroad or some shit. Really? Or to a um, what's it called? Uh, they would send the, me to rehab. The nuns? The nuns? What's it? What a convalescent? <laughs> Wait, is that the right no, term? Convent, convent. Con- <laughs> convalescent? <laughs> what the fuck is convalescent? I mean, <laughs> I think is that the old people? Oh my god, I think convalescent is old people. Yeah, recovering from an illness. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, if I would have told my parents that I was in jail, they would have for sure hung me <laughs> send me Damn. off to boarding rehab convent yeah whatever but something yeah so i didn't feel like i could tell them the only person's not you know when you're in jail you don't get to have your contacts <laughs> i didn't have anybody's number by heart except for my parents and my ex at the time so i was just talking to him telling him tell my mom we went on a trip like instead of like Mm-hmm. Like I was just trying to worry. I was really just worried about how my mom was gonna handle it. Wait, like, so he think I locked up? It was just you? Yes, because oh. he was calm. He oh, had control. You, bitch, you were the rowdy one. I was. You know what? I feel like he had control over his emotions. <laughs> he was the one telling me, "Shut up, shut up, shut up." And I was just like, "Why are you guys arresting us? This is not fair!" Like. These are our rights. Like, I'm going to sue you guys. And they were like, we'll mm-hmm. see what that's all about. When da, 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 we're going to take you to the station. They told me they were going to take me to the station to question me. Next thing you know, they're taking my fingerprints. And I'm retaliating even more. Because you have to be put in this. Yeah. Yeah, because I was, um, what is it called? Retaliating. You were being defiant. I was retaliating. Non-compliant. There you go. That's the word. That's the word. Uh, yeah, I was being non-compliant. <laughs> so I got locked up for DV, which was the worst thing that could have ever happened to me but now 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 i'm like that's okay it's on my record i could get it expunged whatever it's not like i plan to work for anybody i can't help with that (laughs) i'm learning over here (laughs) i know i heard that i could get it expunged so i'm like i'm planning to do that in the future but let's talk talk about the takeaway from that though yes because I didn't receive my takeaway until I want to say this last one, right? Yeah, till yeah. him, till this last guy. Till this last guy is when I received the longer. This <laughs> this relationship is when I received my takeaway from what I went through in that DV mm-hmm. case. Because so the judge mandated me to go to a fifty-two week domestic violence court like program. Fifty-two weeks. I was there for over a year. Yeah. But it was just once a week classes, right? Oh. Yeah. Okay. So it, it was manageable, but it was over a year. It was like over, well over a year that I had to go. And I was learning a lot, you guys. Like I, <laughs> who would have thought the first two weeks I was there, I was like, I hated it. Like I was like, why the fuck am I here? Like I shouldn't, this is so unfair. Fuck the system. Like, you know, like I was genuinely trying to figure out a way to sue the that police department because of all of, of how unfair the whole thing felt mm-hmm. but now that i lived what i lived now i know i had to go through those classes about entitlement over here i'm a department 
No, because people were riling me up too. They were like, they can't do that. They can't. Like, they I can, but like at the end of the day, you were drunk. So you, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. So, but you wouldn't know that because you were drunk. Like if they write your rights. You, if you they write, no, I know for a fact they didn't because Francisco oh. knows they didn't. But either way, there's oh. so much corruption within the departments too that even if you tell the department head, hey, they didn't write, they don't give a fuck. That's their people. They're trying to. What write. city was this? This was Norwalk. Mm. Yeah. This is normal. Where that happened. So yeah, they're they're <laughs> protecting their people. They're not worried about whether you think you got your rights read or they're not. They're not worried about us peasants over here. Yeah, they're trying to protect Lady McTitty. They're doing so <laughs> like just some other drug crap. Literally, yeah, that's just and how they saw us. Yeah. They're, they're they're probably some movies too. Like I'm pretty sure if I were a brand new cop, I'd probably forget. Okay. Yeah. I know. I'm not saying. But that ended up being a blessing in disguise that I thought was a curse because mm. why? Because uh, that class covered a lot about fucking emotional intelligence. It gave you a lot of knowledge, gave you a lot of tools. It opened your eyes a bit on technically your reality. When, on my reality, when and you were living. Yeah, literally, oh. it like took it brought everything. <laughs> I'm learning, you guys. I'm like, so good. We love this educational. <laughs> Look at my degree putting into play. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the class, the class really touched on a lot of things like recognizing patterns, what a healthy relationship looks like, mm-hmm. the, what it doesn't look like, mm-hmm. things to look out for, how to, you know, everything, bro, like everything, 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 like, all the above. Everything that I think honestly should be taught in schools. That that's where I was about to go to, dude. Let's talk about how our education system is lacking (laughs) in every level. Like, there's probably very few classes offer about personal finance, regulating emotions. Do you know how many people grew up in dysfunctional families? Fucking ninety nine point nine percent of the population. Especially us, and well, yeah, are we in the poverty level? You know, like the minorities. Yeah, especially uh, the minorities. We are the minorities. Just in case it wasn't clear, we are. You know, like you know, grew up in the three to three. In the hood, you're there all the time, etc. Or whatever, but like, yes, especially us first gen too. There's a lot of stuff we don't see because we're not taught. But obviously, yes, now that we're grown up, we see these little gaps in our school lessons that are not there. Obviously, we need to learn more about finances. Obviously, um, financial education. What's it called? Financial literacy. Mm-hmm is a must in school i think the only good thing i learned in school about money was like learning how to write a check Mm -hmm. like nowadays it's like somebody rarely writes checks like it's so rare you'd have zell now and shit but it's more about investments and like just shit like that but obviously who the the person know about mc motherfucking square when we're trying to figure out what taxes mean (laughs) like taxes yes taxes is a good one obviously and obviously relationship emotional like Basically, everything in your being, you need to know how your mind works, you need to know how your feelings work, you know, you, you need to learn how your body works, what to ingest, what to not ingest. Like, bitch, All teach me about me, like, everything that's in it, spiritual, emotional-wise, physically, mental, everything, like, that's what should be the focus. And of. you, that you're in the mental health field, mm-hmm. mental health, you should know, is connected to absolutely everything, like, that makes or breaks. It's a every- core of your function, as a... <laughs> As a whole, for sure. Yeah. It could affect your drive, your motivation. It's all about up here, y'all. It starts with the brain. If we didn't have one, we'd be wet. 
brain dead. We'd be non-functioning. Like, come on, you guys. Let's get it together. I don't know what the fuck you're trying to drink, bitch. There ain't nothing in there. <laughs> You took it for air. <laughs> you could just hear the air bubble coming out. Not even. Oh, mine's still here. You want my little drop? I'll take your drop. <laughs> I'm like letting them hear it. This has nothing. Oh. But yeah, so where were we? Okay, so you overcame that, right? So that's how you overcame your DV abusive relationship. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. How I overcame it. Oh, and then we were kind of getting into this. Like, did you learn anything about yourself as you got through that? domestic violence situation yeah most definitely like my resilience like how to appreciate it but how to not be overly resilient like there is a thing there's such a thing tell us about that um like figuring out where my boundary stood as to how much i'm willing to tolerate i guess from Mm -hmm. another person because i'm very much like that like hardcore like ride or die like you know like <laughs> i am very well okay i was in therapy a lot growing up because of my parents divorce so i i i think i grew up a little bit faster like not faster or like i just had a unique growing up experience because i had a lot of like literacy like psychology wise i felt like she was more into an advantage because she had a therapy at that young age Mm -hmm. unlike me that had to wait till like college and that had to like initiate that so like you had you were open to like another like tool yeah no yeah i had that extra resource of like knowing knowing what it was like going through therapy and talking through your emotions and what you're going through and like but that's crazy how they didn't help you like see all this that happened right now or like recently yeah yeah well i feel like that couldn't have been predicted because i mean i feel like that was just you were there mentally yeah too yeah when i was when i was going through therapy i was a little less girl too like i wasn't i wasn't in teen i wasn't going in there i wasn't in therapy when i was a teenager like adolescent it was as a kid like Uh, i wasn't a teenager when i was in therapy or or pre-adolescence or adolescence i was a little girl so i kind of like knew how to put words to like certain things that i was feeling and things like that yeah and and that i think gave me like a slight understanding of why i was going through things but but i didn't get necessarily the tools to be like oh this is how like because of forgiveness like i didn't know what the hell forgiveness i know what forgiveness meant but when it came to like healing your traumas like your inner traumas you didn't know where to place that i guess I guess as a child in therapy, you're just kind of learning how to express your emotions. Like, oh, like, oh yeah, mom is angry, so you feel like, you know, like scared. I don't know. I don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck they called it. But yeah, like connecting those feelings to an actual emotion. Like, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, look at me again. I know. That's good. <laughs> uh-huh. But, uh, so yeah. yeah. The, I want to go back to that over, what's overcome because that I feel like is huge because I feel like that for me what I, helped me overcome the mm-hmm. fact that I'm a domestic violence abuse survivor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> domestic violence survivor. A DV survivor. A survivor of domestic violence. Yeah. Domestic abuse. And abuse in general. Could hap- abuse could happen in so many different ways. Not just domestic. Not just physical. It could be emotional abuse, financial abuse, mental abuse. Like. Is that a thing? Mental abuse? Yeah, it is. Manipulation. Manipulation. Right? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little tipsy, so sorry. But <laughs> now, now I am. In the beginning, I wasn't. But like, yes. So like, there DV just is a an umbrella mm-hmm. of multiple things. Yeah. So um, forgiveness. That's the word. Key. That's the key. That's what you got out of. Yeah. Apart from self reflect, like self reflection, accountability, um, boundaries. Learning, like, boundaries. learning my boundaries. Like. <laughs> This is such a proud moment as an older cousin to see like the youngest, well not the youngest, but like, you know, you were the youngest for a while, for a good, uh, for a good amount of years. So like, yeah, like to me, like you're still like the baby cousin still, like you still fall under the baby cousin. Cousin? Yeah, but like, come on, like you're like 23, so I have to like get you out of that category. (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, just seeing your growth and seeing like how, despite all the shit you had to go through. I guess the silver lining is the silver lining is the fact that like you now see what you went through and like why you went through it and like what you learned and hopefully like these experiences will prevent you from getting into the same situation. Absolutely, because I think that me having to relive something like that <laughs> would be the biggest betrayal to myself. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because then that means that I didn't take what I learned and applied it. Apply application, you guys. We know. We know. And it happens a lot. It happens to me too. Like I know what I have to do to make myself become a better version of myself. It's the lack of application mm. on doing certain things yeah. for me that holds myself back Mm -hmm. and i think we all could relate to this like you know like and a lot of it also is like you could have the like the wanting to do it and the accountability and like you know okay i have to apply this but also it it goes more than that it's not just like knowing also you're already like kind of programmed to be a different way and you're Mm -hmm. trying to fight it you're trying to fight that way you're trying to reprogram the Mm -hmm. way that you do things which is like you've been doing these things for however long of your life like 20 something years of your life and now you're mm-hmm. one now with this one time you're trying to reap like it's not gonna be an overnight type of thing oh, no. and me and desmond have talked about this that is what we call discipline mm-hmm. to enact those things that'll make us a better person those little habits those little whatever you may call it whatever situation may be it's discipline Discipline bumps motivation. Motivation comes comes and goes. Like it's those things, those knowledge, those little tools, those things you learn along the way, those lessons learned. If you don't apply what you know, what'd you learn? Where did you go through that? Yeah, if, honestly, if you, <laughs> you, I don't know if you have ever heard that saying for uh, what? or like exactly <laughs> for, what? for what make it make sense? No. No, like legit, like you're gonna keep you're gonna keep finding yourself in the same situations until you like switch up the way you do things. I'm the living represent. I'm the living <laughs> truth. Went to three, right? It was a three, three, three. All very different. All very different. All very taught me different things. But they but were rooted at the same. They were rooted in the same issue, in a sense. Issue, an issue. Living yeah. proof over here, honey. I'm yeah. living. I'm living proof of of how. If you don't take accountability and break, decide for yourself to break the patterns and the habits that make you make you that person, and it's not that you should be down, getting down on yourself, and like you're just this person, this terrible person, this not. But it's more about wanting to just be a better person for yourself and for your legacy, like for mm-hmm. your for your life, for your future self, for this version of you, for the next version of you. You owe it to yourself to (laughs) 
like <clears throat> not be a victim of your own circumstances mm -hmm. like to not and we don't even, it's not conscious. It's not like you want to keep repeating. Do you think I was looking for these things? Like, they came to me because I was avoiding it myself. Like, I was ignoring the inner work in a way. Like, I was ignoring what I had to look at. Like, oh, daddy issues. Like, oh, mommy issues. Like, I didn't know. All the issues. Yeah, all the issues. <laughs> Everything was, was um coming presenting itself to me because i wasn't <laughs> no yeah like the universe was like oh yeah andrea andrea she oh, she I went through two breakups over the same foundation and she still went learning all right here's another one and uh, it took you that last one that the universe sent you to actually learn get through it and hopefully for your next one relationship or whatever and whenever you're ready no rush you'll do things differently and you'll search for the right things and you'll yeah. look you'll see the red flags and you'll apply your knowledge towards yeah. them and you know do things differently that part because oh, because yeah, yeah. i can and i will say yeah mm -hmm. what you're saying is real as hell because i will say that my last relationship i wasn't going into it thinking oh what can i take from these last other two mm -hmm. like i wasn't looking at it like um what did i learn that i can take over here it was just more right. like okay what's next like let's go on like, let's, let's feel butterflies again okay let's do this literally like let's move on with life like what's next you know mm -hmm. literally like just mm -hmm. letting myself be driven through emotion and feeling again yeah. right and like yeah that, that and it's so true that love is blind you know getting those little feelings will like put you up in the clouds and shit but like after you've been in a couple rodeos as you have you probably you know when, once it comes down to your third fourth you need to like enjoy those little butterfly moments those up in the cloud moments but also be real with yourself put yourself first and actually like evaluate the situation and be like okay Am I missing anything? Am I? Am I? Is are there any red flags? Mm -hmm. You know that you need to like do look they, into. Uh, yeah, like do this. Do, do they want what I want in the in the long run? Like yeah. really getting clear with what you want. Like oh my god, it's something as simple as that, but you don't even think about. It. Well, at least in my naive mind at the time, when I'm just very much like I'm usually just very like in the moment type of person. Like I'm not really like I'm just like okay, let's fucking do it. Like you know, like we're here. Let's do it. But mm. it, it, it like, takes a lot more, like, it takes a lot more than, than just that. that. Yeah. yeah. It does. It does. But, yeah. Okay, so are we done with the, that part? Yeah. The, yeah. Well, all right, you guys. It's been, like, a little long episode. Sorry, but we're giving you something to give. Like, we're, we're serving you a knowledge. We're serving you a little conversation. We hope you haven't paused. If you do need to pause, I mean, we're on our way out. I guess I, guess I should have said this midway, but like, just come back to us and finish our conversation. But we're, we're gonna start ending it. We're gonna start our outro. So, we talked about Drea's childhood, teens, college, after college life relationships traumas basically we also talked about healing so basically now we're here <clears throat> in present timing 2023 drea's golden year so out of everything that we just talked about and taking your own you know stuff that you did to talk about like all your healing stuff and you know your personal experience that i don't even know about that have shaped you into like where you are like right now what day is it march 9 2023 10 4 p.m <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> so like what does 
Drea hope to focus and accomplish for the rest of your golden year, for the rest of this year? Mm -hmm. I love this question. A ver, a ver, tell it. My number one priority. Mm -hmm. My number one priority for this year is falling madly, deeply, annoyingly in love with myself. Ah, <laughs> it's um, you for you. It is. Um, some part of me always low-key felt, and I don't know why, but I've always felt guilty about really loving on myself to my fullest capacity. And I don't know if that's normal when you're on your self-love journey. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that feeling is normal. But I've always personally felt, like, guilty about loving on myself for mm -hmm. some reason. Like, feeling, like, it felt awkward. It felt wrong. It felt, like, almost, not pathetic, but, like, <laughs> you know, like... Like you're all like like get over yourself type of thing. Uncomfortable, yeah. Like out of your out of my comfort zone, and so for me, that's my number one goal this year. Mm -hmm. Um, that's my number one emotional slash mental goal. Good. Um, yeah, to to reconnect with myself and fall madly deeply back in love with myself, no. which I really am. Like, <laughs> I feel it. I feel like you're 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 doing like you're doing it, but like you're just getting started. I'm on my, in my own little pace, but yeah, like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm 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 getting there, and um, took me a lot less longer to get. Uh, I think because of my last two uh, uh, rodeos, uh, <laughs> this third rodeo really helped it, it, it really the recovery process was faster mm -hmm. when i say recovery i mean the whole getting over the breakup part like the, shit uh, like somebody's damn near trying to end your life how are you not gonna <laughs> want to be called uh the comeback or the the class the bounce back there we go the bounce the yeah. balance. The, there we go. <laughs> the phoenix rising from her ashes. Oh, <laughs> okay, poetic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. I've had a lot of moments in my life like that. I think where like I've hit like rock bottom and then mm -hmm. up and then down and then up. But this it's shit, gonna be like that. This shit is nuts. This one is gonna be crazy because it's been my biggest like golpe. Mm. Like if that makes sense, like mm -hmm. the golpe was so hard that yeah. the comeback has to be crazy. Like it has to. I owe it to myself. That's the right harder. I owe it to myself because I am when it when I talk about forgiveness, a lot of the times in the healing process that also means forgiving yourself mm -hmm. for and I, I'm going through that a lot too because I, I go through a lot of personally like self blame about what I put myself through, what I allowed, yeah. more about what I allowed, yeah. like what I allowed. It's that feeling of like you brought yourself this low just to try to show somebody and offer what you know, and it's like. You, you you bring yourself down when you know you're you're never supposed to bring yourself down but you feel like you do to accommodate somebody else if that mm -hmm. makes sense it does and that's like a shot to your self-esteem it's a shot to your confidence mm -hmm. it's a shot to your self-love it's a betrayal to yourself to it is a betrayal to put other people before you <laughs> when it's like one of those situations like a life or death like a situation for example even mm -hmm. it had to fucking damn near take me a life or death experience for me to be like put yourself first bitch like it's your him it was no, me okay. or him it was me or him and for the longest time like without a doubt it's nuts to say i didn't love myself enough to be like it's him first like that's nuts like that's nuts now like everything that i loved about him was just a reflection of what i like was projecting him like I, I i i um 
romanticized it mm-hmm. if that makes sense like it does i put it on a pedestal bigger than what it was supposed to be because i was addicted to that feeling of mm-hmm. you of, wanted to make it work you wanted to like we go back to the future thing i think like that's why it's, it's not bad to talk about the future but i feel like under certain emotional knowledge just be careful because that future talk can make you end up staying in a situation like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ay, look at me again. <laughs> <just throwing> <laughs> all the cheese right now. I just never raised. I work. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about now. <laughs> no, but yeah, honestly, like, be careful, you guys. But I'm really sorry you were saying. Yeah, no, just, just. <laughs> I mean, you you took it out of my fucking mouth. You took it right out of my mouth. <laughs> Like, going through that, like, like you, but also there's some people too who they have to live it to learn it. Like some mm-hmm. people, some people, you just have to tell them, like, for example, like friends, family, you tell them what you went through. They're like, got it. I learned from you. Not that's one less experience for me to have to go through. Cause I, you, you gave me that mm-hmm. tool, that testimony, that experience for me to watch out for that I didn't yeah. know before and me is unfortunately what I've noticed I'm that type of hard-headed I'm one of those hard-headed individuals mm-hmm. I won't learn if you tell me hey you're going down a motherfucking death you're going into the death valley and there's like a golden road over here take this road I'll be mm-hmm. like no what the fuck is over here like this looks way smoother y'all I'm, I'm gonna go through this one I have to like get my golpes to know what it feels mm-hmm. like to overcome it and then like come out on the other side mm-hmm. and that's just how it, it had to happen i guess but now i know better yeah yeah so is that it for your accomplishments or what what do you want to accomplish this year yeah and then physical accomplishments just i'm ready to get my career off off take take it actually off because it's mm-hmm. been on a takeoff for like the last four or five years. Which is like what? Like makeup, esthetician, everything, beauty, everything, cosmetology? Everything. Okay. Not cosmetology, like not hair. I'm not really like into hair, but I am passionate like about skincare. Yeah, like about everything with the face. So the first, the reason why I even got into makeup was because I was super, um, like I was just, I had like really bad acne. I had acne prone skin. I was like insecure about my skin and I was always seeing like, makeup was like my form of expression but at the same time it was my comfort it was Mm -hmm. where like i felt like i was hiding my problem areas if Uh that makes sense and while skincare has always been like a thing and it's always been like a part of my routine but i didn't get into that like the nitty-gritty until i started having my own problems like Mm -hmm. my big time skin conditions like enlarged pores acne prone i couldn't just put whatever on my face Mm -hmm. things like that that's a whole separate but that is but a now, passion yeah. of mine and, and now you're focusing on that and you know what looking back like I don't know if this is going to make sense or I'm just fucking drunk and like trying to like link things together but you know how like you're on your self love journey and shit so like I think it relates to you getting to the root of your own being mm. and you know how like make and you're you, you know these other relationships were just a cover up to prevent you from getting into the other root of your own being so like but now Fuck the like the cover up. You're done with. Well, you're not done with the makeup, but like, like, yeah. So now you're getting to the root of yourself with your healing journey. Now you're getting to the root of yourself with like the cosmetics, the base, the the, The foundation, the foundation. That's where I was headed. The foundation. 
which is you guys if you guys love makeup and you're a woman whatever you wear makeup the foundation of a good fucking makeup is the skin. foundation of your skin the condition of your skin how well you take care of like your skin and what you put into your body and shit like that because anything that you slap over that shit like a band-aid is just gonna show it's just gonna come mm -hmm. out through the it's just gonna come out like yeah. you can't put paint on a bumpy canvas or something not a bumpy, like not bumpy on a canvas that is uh you know what i'm trying to say yes yeah uh you can't paint on basically you need a canvas to paint <laughs> and your fucking face your bare face is your canvas exactly when you're you know putting on makeup and stuff so i feel like that's what you're at now like you know and i feel like you've learned a lot i see your posts and stuff and it's not just about like skincare it's like what you're ingesting what you're putting in your body that mm -hmm. you know it helps your face from within Absolutely. you know it's not just what you put in outside. is what comes out like mm -hmm. your skin is a reflection Drink your water, bitches. Stay hydrated. Take out <laughs> greens. And we're not talking about this type of water. We're talking about like the actual water, which I did drink a lot of, which is why I have to go pee now. Like I, I pee like twenty times a day now, you guys. It's not cute. We love that. That's a good problem to have. We, we have to pee until our pee is white. Like yes. Clear. Mm -hmm. Clear. <laughs> Anyways, um. So anything else you want to add? Um. Hmm, to add i just hope that my as hard as it was to talk about i don't know if it seemed like it or not but it was not very easy to talk about my actually this is the first time i've ever talked about even Some stuff yeah 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 like or just my past in general like my upbringing everything like mm -hmm. it was nice to have an outlet to be able to like process and reflect it you know mm -hmm. it was nice to have a safe space to be able to talk Ooh. about it i'm glad I can yeah that. lenny always provides a safe space for <laughs> me always like mm -hmm. and and that was just I think crucial for my it's it's part of my human like this yeah this is it's part of who you are it's part of talking it out and processing it is huge mm -hmm. for yourself like for mm -hmm. you to acknowledge what you overcame and what you probably have to work on or what you probably have to look at that you've been ignoring or that you didn't think that that you had to look at like I just want if anybody takes anything away from this forgiveness Mm -hmm. accountability like mm -hmm. recognizing what things we all have shit nobody's perfect y'all like this whole like social media shit like it's all a facade like mm -hmm. not a facade but like it is a way of us like we show what we want to show but it's, it's not filtered it exactly yeah. exactly that's the word <laughs> We're the road. <laughs> <laughs> we good, like, yeah. I mean, ever since we finished these trilogies, we, we've been on one. Like, oh yeah, okay, that's true. what it is. That's what it is. The truly brought the truth. Period. The truly brought the truth. No, it's ass. Yeah, social media is don't don't feed into it. Don't believe it's real life because take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a filtered. A lot of shit goes behind closed doors, and you know, just people go through shit. People learn. So, like, I hope you guys, if you guys could relate to Drea in any type of way, I hope you learned or used maybe the advice she provided. Um, maybe her journey might help you guys navigate your way through your own journey. Um, but I'm very, I want to say I'm so proud of you, little Miss Criminal. <laughs> I'm fucking dead. <laughs> you know what? I I remember I, I did hear it. I can't remember. You know what? It was probably my grandma. 
What? That, that you got locked up. <laughs> oh my god. I, I, like, no, I, I probably didn't hear it from her mouth, but I want to say, like, it backtracked to my grandma, which is, you know, which are the same grandma. So, like, I, I don't know, but it was a while ago, and I'm like, Andrea, 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 Andrea. Andrea. Nah, like what did she do so like, i didn't think anything of it but now it all, it all just makes sense and it was it was all something that you just had to go through yeah. and now you have your own mugshot like you won me to it low-key like it's gonna be bad but like i low-key like i always saw myself being like super bad and getting into trouble with the law and shit but, like I have yet to get like my own mugshot. Hopefully, you know, I feel like I'm too old for it now. Like at this point, it'd be embarrassing. I feel like yeah, it would have been. That's true. <laughs> at this point, it would be like so embarrassing. Oh my god! But like in my younger years, I felt like I was like a travesti, which I was. You know, lokia da. Like it's gonna make sense. Like I was, but I'm surprised. Like back in my day, like you didn't have your run in with the law. <laughs> I mean, I did, but I booked it. Ah! Oh, you got away. <laughs> I did, but I booked it. <laughs> Don't get it twisted, because I did. But I booked it. <laughs> but yeah, you guys, this is our fucking season finale. We hope you enjoyed it, because I did. Like, I feel like this was a good little, like... Yeah. It was a good closure, because I feel like the a lot of this season, your episodes had a lot to do with self-development, too. Not just self-development, but your journey. Just our mm -hmm. journey as individuals. Mm -hmm. We're I, all on a self-love journey, whether we know it or not. Like, yeah. Yeah, the purpose of the season was to obviously, like, know me a little bit more, duh. But, like, obviously, it was getting into that more, I don't want to call it therapy sessions, but just openness. Openness mm -hmm. of, like, what I've been through, um, the you know, the people around me who kind of, like, implemented some sort of impact impact on my life obviously you my past guest for sure is my past experiences that i shared for like you know the sexual abuse that i shared early in the season and stuff like that so <clears throat> that is who i am um but the person i am right now may not be the person i am in like 10 years from now a year from now like you know people keep changing and it's all about the it's all about evolution baby yes yeah. we're all gonna evolve and change and hopefully change for the better because you guys people also take steps back mm -hmm. they change against the positivity be careful of that but um you know what i'm here for you guys i'm here to give you guys you know a good time a safe space a too. safe space what to expect for next season because there will be a next season um however i'm not gonna ex you know i'm not gonna put a lot of energy out there as to what to expect because it's still in the works we're still trying to figure it out but regardless there will be a cocktail hour it'll be ongoing i just need to figure my shit i mean my stuff's figured out i just need time time is against me lately this whole season uh, apparently it wasn't supposed to go this way but like i'm telling you like the golden year bitch ch changes are gonna happen they're gonna happen they're gonna happen without you knowing you're gonna think you have everything in the bag you're gonna fall into your routine and then next thing you know it's like with the blink of an eye everything fucking changes that's literally what happened to me which is why i had a hard time like maneuvering mm -hmm. until this day like i'm barely adjusting but I'm, I'm still having trouble following my routine and uh, applying the mm -hmm. shit that i need to apply to be a better version of myself 
So just like everyone else, I will be working on myself for the better too. But I will also be working on everything that I want to work on, which is, you know, cocktail hour. It's, it's, it's a part of me. It's a part of, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah, like I guess identify. I don't know. Bitch, I'm your host, bitch. Like, <laughs> duh. Like, I ain't going nowhere. I have hella shit to spill. I have hella people I want you guys to, like, listen to. I have hella knowledge I want to put out there. I have hella experiences. You know, I want you guys. I'm here to serve you guys a fresh, you know, Content. content, I guess, if you want to see it. Am I a, a content creator? You are. Uh, what the heck? You uh, content? <laughs> it's just weird. Like, I'm not I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not, like, one of those people. Like, I I stick to myself. Um, but, yes, I'm just... Uh, I'm all up for talking the shit that's swept under the rug in our, in my experiences and what I see and what I've seen throughout we need my more years. Realness out here what in our Latino know, community, in our you know first gen. You know we don't know what the fuck we're doing. I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing, yeah. but like I I think I know what the fuck I'm doing. But you know what? Realistically, I don't. I'm like I'm barely getting my feet wet. But I'm excited to go like knee deep. But like little by little. <laughs> but um yeah, so <clears throat> for season four, what the fuck? Season four updated updates will be provided via our Instagram at cocktail hours. So just stay tuned. And who knows? You might see somebody familiar, you might not. But thank you guys so much for being patient with me this season. I really appreciate it. I love you guys. Da Loki Loki gang. This is your motherfucking host, your prima Lenny. Check it out live with our last guest of the season, Drea. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys. <laughs> yeah, we did that. We did. <laughs> Okay, I have to go. So, me too, I'm busy. <laughs> Do you want to go first? Yeah, no, go ahead. I'll go to the other one.